1: And we're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're listening or watching. We hope you're doing alright. Today's show, she's a being a brought to you in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria, an Italian restaurant located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Or give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's to get a decent slice of pizza. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by Gawk Box. What is it? I don't know. I don't know. Check it out. I know, I know one thing. I know it can uh, save you some money, and I know it can get you some stuff for free. And I know it can help us out. So what's better than a two-way street? Check out our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the Gawk Box banner. And today's show is being brought to us in part by, you guessed it, my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet, is available right now. Where All good books are sold, and you can get a copy of it right now by visiting Barnes & Noble or amazon.com find out why we got a five-star rating across the board and uh if you're looking to get a uh, signed copy don't worry about it just visit the website billycboxing.com and uh click on the book you can't miss it it's uh right there on the uh front page so uh uh glad to uh see that i'll give a shout out since we're uh simulcasting now on facebook and give it a shout out to uh my man, uh, Corey, who just uh, said good morning on Facebook. You now, you guys are a couple of seconds behind us. Uh, and don't forget, if you are watching uh, on the Facebook live feed, uh, if you want to get the full video version, come on over to our YouTube channel or just go to com and get the same version of the show that goes out to the television networks and then some. So, uh, But, hey, if you like watching on Facebook, that's cool, too. And, by the way, we have uh, our official chat room. Is up on BillyCBoxing.com. And uh, there's always uh, some great guys uh, in there like there are right now. So uh, you can check that out. Um, Coming up on the show, uh, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Uh, You know, you you always wonder about Bob Aram. You know, Bob Arum. You know, ever since he said, no, 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 no. I was lying yesterday, but today I'm telling you the truth. Eh, You know, it's kind of hard to believe a guy like that, you know. But uh, uh, we got some news uh, about him. He's saying some more stuff uh, about uh, Jeff Horn. You know, I think it's uh, just some promotion propaganda. I want to talk a little about the uh, uh, World Boxing Super Series uh, for the uh, Cruiserweights. Um, But first, I want to start off uh, my my topic today. Um, is uh, Tyson Fury. You know, Tyson Fury, I got to admit, now. before you change the channel, uh, I I just want to say this. At one point, I was a huge Tyson Fury fan. I really was. I I I started, uh, we used to have a correspondent involved with the show from England, and he hooked me up uh, uh, on, uh, well, he uh, turned me on, I should say, to uh, uh, Tyson Fury. And I followed Tyson Fury's career from probably... His second or third professional fight, and I've watched them all. And uh, I like Tyson Fury. I thought he was funny. uh, You know, I thought he was talented. But I, like many other people, think he, you know, totally uh, uh, went off the deep end. And, you know, he wants to make a comeback. He's calling out Anthony Joshua. He's saying all the right things. He wants to fight the best fights. He wants to make some big bucks is what he wants. But his latest comment has me convinced that he's still uh, out there, that he's still, uh, let's just say, mentally challenged, okay? Tyson Fury has officially picked Conor McGregor to beat Floyd Mayweather. Now, I, you know, whether you're buying this fight for the entertainment factor, which it's not going to be too entertaining, whether you're buying the fight because you uh, are praying uh, that somehow Conor McGregor lands a lucky shot And knocks out Floyd Or if you're buying the fight because you're a Floyd fan And you just want to see him school McGregor Which he's going to do um, I, I think it, it's safe to say That anyone with a, a reasonable mind Is not giving Conor McGregor anything more than a lucky Maybe Floyd trips over his stool And knocks himself out I, I, I don't know I don't know but that's about as close as it's going to get. Uh, but uh, Tyson Fury officially picking Conor McGregor. Joining me right now from St. Simons, I want to get his thoughts. My man, uh, Sal Rocky Senacola. Uh Tyson Fury picking Conor McGregor. Uh, well, I guess he's still a nutcase, huh? I guess so. Well, I'll tell you, he went off the deep end definitely with this
0: one. You know, unless, you know, hey, maybe uh, – Putting a thousand dollars down, you what? What is it? What is the odds? So you know, maybe he wants a long shot return. That's the only way I would bet on on uh, Conor McGregor. Uh, you know, and and uh, but because I, like you said, he's not going to have any chance except a puncher's lucky bull charging, uh, uh, wading through, uh, trapping you in a corner, throwing you in a corner. You know, I I, I don't see this being much of a contest at all. No, I mean, it's, no. uh, it's it's, a, it's entertainment and, 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 that's it. And you said it best, Billy, just when you're, you're introducing, you said it best, you know, it's going to draw, you know, the, the, uh, fans from Mayweather, uh, just wanting to see their guy do a great masterful job. And that's what he's going to do. Well, he's going to carve him up. He's going to serve him. He's going to carve him up and uh, he's going to put him right on the platter for his
1: 50th win. Yeah, that, that's the part that bothers me uh, you know, I, know I, I hate, I hate to, talking like, about I, I hate talking I about yeah. the fight I hate it because You know, everyone that knows me And knows what I do uh, That's all they're talking about is the fight What do you think? You know, everyone agrees That it's not going to be competitive But, you know But then there's always, you know how a fighter says I don't want to make an excuse But, and then you're like, oh god, here comes the Your excuse butt. It's the same thing I get from the fans they go, oh, no, no, no. The fight's not going to be worth anything. Uh, you know, but, Mayweather's going to beat him. But, you know, if Conor lands a lucky punch, I'm like, oh, man. that That's the, that's the hook, Sal. That's the, the hook. hook. That's, that's the, the, the hook. Appeal. You're right. No, but that's the hook why people are going to buy it. Because there's the what if factor. It. You know, but, you know, like I've read. Uh, from uh, that article uh, last week, from a female uh, writer for the ESPNW, I, I believe her name is Sarah Spain, uh, and and how she wrote, she said, "There's no way that ev-, she she made a statement, and and uh, you know it's not word for word, but she made a statement basically said that everyone that buys this this pay per view will be disappointed after it's over." because they didn't get their money was worth. And you know what, Sal? I agree with that 100%. I don't think there's going to be anyone uh, except for Floyd because Floyd and, you know what? Conor McGregor and Floyd will be happy regardless of the result because they're both going to be uh, in excess of $100 million richer. Uh, so I, I'm sure they're not going to care. And then that that's another part of this that bothers me because Floyd Mayweather once again, is fleecing his own fans. But it is what it is. And, uh, you know, as an exhibition, I I love it. Uh, It is a curiosity factor. But as a 50th win, Sal, like you just said, that's the part that bothers me. That's the only part, honestly, that bothers me. Me too. I'm with you
0: 100%, Bill, especially – in his mind how he's putting that 50th win, you know, the all-time greatest, uh, like, uh, undefeated world champion. Now he's going to retire afterwards. You know, it's so funny because now Pacquiao, I saw it on ESPN is spewing. He wants Mayweather after he gets past horn. You know what? I, it, it's, it's comical. It really is. It's, it's the thrill of victory and the agony of
1: the feet. <laughs> well, I, I, tell you, um, I think I, I I don't think Mayweather is going to fight anymore. You know, he's already uh, uh, copywritten 50-0 uh, and, uh, and stuff, and I think he's going to, you know, brag about that. Um, I, I don't think he's going to fight Pacquiao. And, and the reason is Pacquiao, even though I know you feel that Mayweather would beat Pacquiao 99 out of 100 times if they fought. Yes, and, uh, you know, Pac- Mayweather normally doesn't give rematches. He's only give two in his whole career. Uh, but uh, but the truth of the matter is, is you know, Manny Pacquiao poses some type of threat to to, to Floyd. Now, I'm not saying, you know, he would beat him. But Manny, Manny still is dangerous. And they're both, you know... Yeah, uh, he is. I, I mean, and, and it would be a real fight. The fight that he's having against Colin McGregor is not a real fight. Against Manny Pacquiao, even a one-armed, one-shouldered Manny Pacquiao is still more of a challenge to Floyd... Than uh, Conor McGregor, and, and and that in itself will prevent Floyd from fighting him. Now it's funny you say that Manny Pacquiao is spewing that he wants him again. Um, they republished an article on ESPN uh, about the rematch, about the possibility of a rematch, and it goes back to when Flo- uh, to when uh, uh, Manny Pacquiao beat Jesse Vargas for the WBO world title. And him and Floyd were very friendly to each other. Even Bob Arum and Floyd were friendly to to each other. And Bob Arum said, I think there's going to be a rematch. But his thought process was the rematch was going to be now. Instead of Manny fighting Jeff Horn and instead of uh, Mayweather fighting Conor McGregor. And I think that if it would have been a rematch, I think that more people would have been receptive. Even though most people say they don't want to see it again. But I think it would have been much better, and I still believe that it would have gotten both guys $100 million. What do you think? I think you're
0: 100% right. $100 million right. And I'm telling you right now, uh, that would have been a great fight. Uh, and that night we saw the f- first fight. I said in my uh, to you and John that I will never watch a rematch or a second fight because I was so disappointed on how that one went. But you know, time goes, and uh, yeah, I would be interested in watching the second fight if yeah, they were here, to get together. But but you know, it's already past
1: the point. It would here, have been ideal if it was this time. But here's the difference, Sal. The difference. Uh, Pacquiao, since that fight, beat Timothy Bradley, who's a pound for pound fighter, and and he beat Jesse Vargas who i admit is is not uh, you know a, a, a pound for pound fighter but he, but it still was a title fight you know he was a title holder you know so uh, so Manny Pacquiao at least accomplished something that Floyd didn't you know Floyd Floyd hasn't beaten aside from Manny what top fighter has Floyd fought in his prime well i you know what you can't even say that and to defend Floyd you can't say it because Floyd's not in his prime you know, a lot of people give Floyd a hard time about fighting Manny when he was 38 years old or whatever, but Floyd is older than Manny. You know, so it is what it is, right?
0: It is what it is, Bill. It's so true. And uh, like I said, I think Floyd, in his own own right, uh, you know, he will go down in history books as being uh, a fabulous fighter. Uh, not in my opinion, not the all-time greatest, but uh, uh, he'll definitely be uh, having to take his spot in this place, and and Manny Pacquiao will as well. They're both all of Famers. They're both uh, world-class, and they're both going to get their just dessert and their, and their rewards. I want some uh, dessert. What do you got? What do you got for dessert, dessert man? dessert? We're <laughs> going to serve a cheese of cake. We're going to serve a nice cannoli. We're going to have a tear-me-up Sue. Tear-me-up That was my uh, old Yeah, uh, You need more coffee. For my heart.
1: You need more coffee. We're going to take a short break. <laughs> when I come back, I got kind of some sad news that I want to... Uh, you know, ruin everybody's day with. But, Thank you uh, very much. we got some sad news to talk about. But uh, uh, after that, we'll we'll move that along. But, Sal, you go get some coffee. We'll be back in two. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? that's billycboxing.com consider this your warning now back to billyc interact with the show at billycboxing.com and we're back you're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could join us today. And uh, speaking of joining us uh, with me right now uh, is my man, uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. And uh, we got some uh, sad news, Sal. Uh, it was reported uh, yesterday that uh, um, Rafael Chavez Gonzalez, who uh, was the brother of uh, Julio Cesar Chavez, uh, was killed uh, in his uh, home uh, yesterday, uh, in Mexico, apparently, uh, it was a, uh, home invasion. Uh, two guys, uh, entered the, his house and, uh, demanded money. One guy had a gun. Uh, they handed some of the money over and, uh, wow. apparently, uh, uh, Rafael Chavez Gonzalez said, that's all we had. They said, they want more. Chavez said, that's it. That's all I have. And they shot him. Uh, and uh, uh, apparently uh, he was shot right in front of uh, uh, his, uh, his family, and uh, 10 guys uh, uh, came in. and uh, there was another uh, place, another thing that happened overnight that 10 armed guys uh, kidnapped uh, a bunch of uh, uh, people from a restaurant uh, in the uh, same area. And uh, one victim uh, had been released. Uh, The uh, restaurant was a uh, political uh, or or I should say a a place that a lot of politicians like to frequent. Uh, So uh, uh, some sad news uh, taking place in in Mexico. So our uh, thoughts, prayers and condolences go out to uh, Julio Cesar Chavez uh, and uh, his family. I mean, uh, some sad stuff. Oh, yeah.
0: That's uh, that's pretty horrible. You know, it's you know. I'm so sorry to hear that, and uh, my condolences. As you say, boy. Yeah,
1: yeah it's uh, it, uh, what a violent, uh, you know, people coming in and uh, you know, home invasion. I mean, I, listen, you know, I have Rottweilers, and and, and not that they would, <laughs> yeah. you know, stop a bullet. I mean, they're not Superman Rottweilers, but you know, no. at least they could give you um, a warning. They give any, a little any, alarm. A little warning. Any dog. Any dog. Anything. You know, I mean. Uh, uh, and, and I'm glad I live in an area that, that this kind of stuff uh, isn't, uh, uh, isn't too common. And speaking of where I live, did you see on the news? Where the kid was hanging from uh, from a, a gondola ride at, at a park and uh, they they dropped a 14 year old that was here that was here that that happened in Lake George that was at the uh, no Great way. escape yeah there, there was a 14 year old kid you did that? she was hanging and uh, a bunch of people gathered around and they said go ahead, jump jump we'll catch you and uh, they did the big question about that is you know uh, you could see a young kid. Uh, yeah. Falling through I mean they chain you Into this thing But this girl was 14 You know It's kind of It seems kinda kind of weird adult. But they shut the ride down Brother Man I'll tell you what That's uh, that's scary And I,
0: I didn't realize It was in, back, in your backyard But Well thank God That had a happy ending Man oh man That could have went bad fast
1: Oh yeah, well you don't know. The lawsuits are just starting now, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> so I don't know how happy of an ending, or which side is going to be happy. Which side going to uh, be happy. Yeah. But, I mean,
0: the girl was okay though, right? Oh yeah, yeah.
1: No, no injuries. Her brother's trying to say that she was hanging by her neck, and then he released her, and then uh, <laughs> she was hanging by her hand, and you know was uh, losing uh, losing the strength of her hand when people gathered and uh, caught her. You know, and you hear her father. Let me
0: ask you this, baby. I, why why would she even drop until instead of just wait until it was the the ride was fixed and could travel again what what's going on wait here? a minute what is she going to do Tra- of first of all they stopped
1: heart. they stopped the the gondola all right so the, the yeah. gondola was stopped so she's hanging yeah. from it so i mean right. just to hang on until they get to the end i mean uh, come on i mean you know well, i mean you wait, try wait, hang but try I understand. hanging did huh?
0: she just want to be adventurous and and and
1: Travel outside the gondola instead of inside it. I, I don't understand. Well, that's this is what this is what we have to find out. There's a lot of research here, Bill. That's the whole point. You know, uh, the whole point is, you know, how did it happen? I mean, they, they, they you're yeah. in a seat. It's like a not a gond like not like an enclosed ski gondola where you know you're in a in a like a some type of you know box. This thing is a chair, like almost like a chairlift, and you're 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 seat belted in there. So unless you you know you climb out you know so a, a little kid you can see well that's what I'm saying I've been in many chairlifts and many gondolas and and
0: things like that and rides and I know when I always well I'm not gonna comment forget about it
1: no I mean you know it is but anyway back to back I stay to, where I'm supposed to be okay till the ride's over right well most people do you know but uh, anyway. Remember how I was saying earlier, uh, you never can trust uh, Bob Arum. And uh, you know, ever, ever, ever since he said, no, 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 I, I was lying yesterday, but today I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> I'm telling the truth. Um, you know, I, <laughs> he's, oh, he's at it again. Um, and uh, Bob Arum uh, said that, uh, um, you know, uh, despite what takes place this weekend, in uh, the, from the land down under between Manny Pacquiao and Jeff Horn. Um, He says that because so many people here in the States are going to see Jeff Horn, that whether he wins, loses, or draws, as long as he looks decent, he's going to be real famous. He's going to become a major star, was his exact words. He said, and I quote, if Jeff Horn win, lose, or performs as well as I think he will, he's going to end up being a major star in the United States because so many eyeballs will have seen him. Uh, He says, I really believe that Jeff Warren will give an outstanding account of himself. This is a great, great, great opportunity. The fight will be shown free to the American public on ESPN, the largest sport network in the world. ESPN is going all out to promote the event. We're looking forward to an audience as large as 10 million people in the United States and most likely larger. It will dwarf anything Manny Pacquiao has done in the United States in the 15 or 16 years he's been fighting. Uh, I I think that part of it, it, it may be true. I, you know, free TV. I, I think they're going to get a large audience, oh, yeah. and people will know. Cause I I got news for you right now, Sal. Not many people know who the hell Jeff Horn is right now.
0: Uh, yeah, I understand that. And let me tell you, you said it best yesterday. This is a win win for Jeff Horn. It really is. No, doubt. no matter what.
1: No, it's it's a it's definitely a win win for him. I mean, there's no. You know, the only thing that he, the only way that he would not benefit from this is if Manny Pacquiao destroys him and and you know thirty seconds in one round, yeah, yeah thirty exactly. seconds of one round, you know. Exactly. Uh, but uh, but anyway, I, I, who knows? Who knows? We'll we'll, we'll wait and see. But uh, at least he's uh, got a pulse, and uh, at least he's been boxing <laughs> for sixteen uh, professional fights. So uh, uh, we'll have to uh, see what happens. Um, one and other thing. Eat. One other thing I wanted to uh, mention real quick is yeah. uh, it was announced yesterday that Dmitry uh, Kutuzov, uh, who's got a uh, record of 21 wins, one loss with uh, all of his wins coming by knockout, uh, will be uh, added uh, to the uh, World Boxing Super Series uh, that uh, will be showcasing uh, cruiserweights. Um, uh, so he's joined some other pretty uh, talented cruiserweights, Mar- Maris, Bredis Unier. um Dortikos, who, who I like. Uh, I like all of these guys, but Murat Gaziov, Krzysztof uh, Lodzarek, uh, you know, to name a few. These are guys that are in the uh, cruiserweight division. And this is a division, Sal, that I, I hope that this tournament helps because the cruiserweight division, although it's very popular outside the United States, it's not so popular here in the States. And I can't put my no. finger on the reason why. You know, the truth of the matter is, is you got 200-pound guys fighting each other, and for all intents and purposes, Sal, this was the heavyweight division up until uh, about 20 years ago. I mean, I, if you go back in time, even my, one of my favorite fighters of all time, Jack Johnson, was considered a monster when he fought. Everything you ever read about him, and even if you see the, the footage and photos of him fighting his opponents, he was way bigger. And at best... He weighed 215 pounds. You know, I, I mean, wow. you know, so cruiserweight division technically uh, could be uh, a very hot division. Guys in shape weighing 200 pounds the knockout power. Plus, they generally uh, have hand speed and stuff. I, I love the cruiserweight division. What's your thoughts? You know, I, I never bit down onto the
0: cruiserweight division. I, I don't know why. Maybe that's I'm representing some of the public here. I I respect it. I understand it. And you know what? When you look at the even the cruiser weight limit, which I believe is, what, 200 pounds? Yeah, um, yeah. You're looking You're looking at one of the largest uh, corridors or separations between two weight classes in boxing. You're looking at 175 pounds light heavyweight to 200 pounds. That's 25 pounds. There's no other weight class. Divided up the way they are is four, four to six pounds every weight class. So I understand it. And it definitely uh, has a place in, in boxing, and I respect it. But I think you look at the legacy of all the great champions and all we have looked and endured with boxing uh, starting back in the 1800s. And, you know, the heavyweight division was the most spectacular, most coveted world title belt that you could want to achieve or attain or respect, and it was uh, recognizable. And, you know, uh, you had light heavyweight and heavyweight. Then comes up the cruiserweight, and it it needed some – exciting fighters, and which it does have, and it just never really took off uh, in the United States the way uh, it has across, across the, uh, the world, I believe. Um, I, I don't know why, Bill. I don't know why. Well,
1: but even... Well, listen to this. Know. Listen to this. You know, I, I mean, ahead. the reason why... I, I agree. I mean, it hasn't taken off in, in the United States, but I don't get it, and here's the reason why. They have a place up here in Lake George uh, uh, called uh, Fort William Henry. And Fort, basically, there were two forts on either end of the lake, and this right. area was extremely populated, you know, uh, back by French and Indian Wars and the Revolution and and prior to that. And um, it's, uh, you know, a museum. You could go through it, and you could see the uniforms of the soldiers that used to guard this thing, the British soldiers. And when you see the uniforms, the actual uniforms from uh, from that era, they look like Oompa Loompas would have fit in them. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, I, I mean, the jail cells. Uh, you know, I have to crouch to get in. You know, and I and I'm short. You know, I mean, you would have been a big guy back then. You know, so my point is, is that you know, I, I mean, we were smaller. Even Jack Dempsey, he didn't even weigh 200 pounds. Jack, Rocky Marciano never weighed more than 189 pounds. I mean, these are guys. These are guys that are smaller than the cruiserweight. So. Just the word heavyweight, I get it, and and you know us as human beings. I mean, you know now we're getting six foot seven, two hundred fifty pound men that are chiseled muscle. You know, uh, football players, three hundred and twenty pounds that can run a forty yard dash like Flash used to. You know, I mean, it's amazing, okay. right? um yes. But but still, if you're looking for action and knockout power and all of that, you you get it with the cruiserweights. But hey, Sal. Uh, you know these damn uh, commercial breaks. Uh, hold a thought because I still want to talk a little about the cruiserweight division. So, yes, uh, yes. we will uh, uh we will take a short break, and we'll be back in two. Billy C. So will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to
0: my face?
1: I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, just before I went to break, we were uh, talking about the uh, Cruiserweight Division, Sal, so, and, You know, the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, we've, like I said, you know, we've gotten bigger. And, and, you know, as a, you know, humanity, humans have basically gotten bigger and stronger and based on uh, workout techniques, uh, nutrition, et cetera. And, you know, most boxing fans complain about um, lack of action in in the sport. I mean, uh, some people will say, oh, it's the sweet science, you know, which makes me sick. But at the end of the day, the fights you remember are the action-packed fights. And, and you know, although we were treated to a fantastic heavyweight fight recently between uh, AJ and uh, Klitschko, um, I think that the cruiserweight division could be that missing link to really give us an opportunity to see the big guys going at it when you're not just seeing some one side of it being nice and chiseled and the other guy being a, a roly-poly fat bastard. You know what I mean? You
0: got a good point.
1: It's a it's a good weight class. Uh, I I see it, and I think it does have its
0: place. And and like I said, it's it's one of the only weight classes that you do have that twenty five pound limit uh, exceeding, you know, to heavyweight from light heavyweight. And uh, so I like that. It's a buffer. And certainly the athletes today are bigger and stronger uh, on a lot of levels. And, uh, you know, when you look back at all the world champions, most of them were under 220 pounds, more like 185 pounds, 180 pounds, you know, from Rocky Marciano, Joe Lewis, all these other guys. They uh, they uh, usually kept lean and trim, and, and they were um, smaller guys compared to today's heavyweights. They That's would right. have been perfect uh, cruiserweights.
1: But no. it's not the glamorous division for whatever reason. It's not the glamorous but, division. But I'm saying they it still could— have light- I'm saying it could be. They could. They it could. could mar- they it could. could. I mean, think of this: Mike Tyson in his prime and at his best, most vicious, was 211 pounds. I mean, theoretically, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Tyson could have been uh, fighting in the cruiserweight division. I mean, you know, uh, theoretically, he, he probably could have lost 11 pounds somewhere. <laughs> he probably could have, but that's the whole thing. Why? Because
0: heavyweight division is still recognized throughout the world as the most glamorous. Heavy, uh, Division of sports, uh, history of sports, the heavyweight but champion of the world.
1: You're right. No, you're right. Well, wait a minute. When we were kids. You know, the heavyweight, if you're playing uh, King of the Mountain or something and, and you win, you know, you, you raise your hands and what do you say? I'm the heavyweight champion of the world, you know. Uh, but now there's so many chan And the guy next to you goes, oh, wait a minute. I'm the middleweight champion of the world. And the other one says, I'm the interim. I'm the interim champion. And the other one says, wait, I wasn't allowed to play today, so I'm the champion in recess, you know. I mean, oh, my God. You know, the, the playgrounds yeah, today funny, is, is one confusing uh, group, you know, but. But yes. you know the thing is, is that um, you know we could have uh, the, the heavyweight division really hasn't been too exciting. I, I mean, uh, you know, I, you know they say how the heavyweight division goes, so does so goes boxing, and you know with the exception of AJ and Klitschko, I mean we haven't seen many exciting fights. I mean AJ has brought some exciting excitement to uh, the heavyweight division. Deontay Wilder. You can make an argument that he's brought some excitement because he knocks out the the slugs and bums that they put in front of him, but he hasn't fought anybody substantial, not yet. You know, and I don't think he ever will. You know, uh, but uh, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's good to have multiple divisions that are hot and uh, and exciting. I mean, that's listen. You know, I say this all the time, and I, I you know, I, I don't. I, it has nothing to do with Floyd Mayweather, but I always use this analogy. When you think of great fighters, and this has been my argument about Floyd Mayweather, and people will say Floyd Mayweather is a great defensive fighter, which he is. He's a future Hall of Famer, which he is. First ballot, no question. Uh, possibly, you know, you could make a, a, a case for, you know, him or maybe one or two other fighters that were the best of his generation, no doubt, okay? But what I was using as example here comes that butt. <laughs> but what I always yeah, use this is ex- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I always use as an example, Sal, is you go back in time and you think of a fighter and you mention a name. You say Roberto Durant. You could say uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, Sugar Ray Robinson, uh, Jack Dempsey, Mike Tyson. Uh, you know, even Riddick Bowe, uh, Evander Holyfield, Rocky Marciano, Musil- and, and, Hagler, and yeah. you know Hagler, right? And, and you mention a name, Tommy Hearns. You mention those names. And if you do it one at a time and you tell the boxing fan to close their eye, an immediate image of the fighter and the specific fight, if you said to me, uh, Hagler I would immediately well, the first fight that comes to my mind is Tommy Hearns versus Marvin Hagler if if you say Mike Tyson the first fight that pops into my mind is him knocking out Trevor Burbick you know if, if you say Rocky Marciano I mean Jersey Joe Walcott when he knocks his uh, face and it looks like an alien you yeah. know comes to mind you know Sugar Ray <laughs> Robinson Jake LaMotta pops into my head I, I mean you know all these great fights right now right. you say Floyd Mayweather it's like wait a minute you know i i mean i think of floyd mayweather i think of an undefeated fighter i think of a a fighter that's made a lot of money but i don't think of any exciting fights because the man has not been in any exciting fights not at least for a decade The actually the first fight that pops in my mind is the one that you said you never want to watch again and that was him against uh pacquiao
0: and I was going to say the very same. The one that the only the only fight that comes to mind when I think of Mayweather is the Manny Pacquiao fight. And Mayweather fought a masterful fight that night. He uh, he just totally outboxed him. Didn't engage anything that uh, Manny had to offer, and uh, uh, totally dominated that fight. And that's why uh, his style alone, I will see and say a hundred times that out of a hundred fights, he'll win ninety-nine of those fights. Against yeah, well, Manny Pacquiao.
1: Well, I mean, if he engage, you know, ah, you know, I, I, I know, track, I know, I. Bill, you know what? When you look at,
0: and and, I understand it. Safety first, especially today, when you're looking at all the head injuries, and the brain trauma, and things that are happening in MMA, in boxing, in football. I mean, when we were younger, we never thought about that. We just went in. Balls to the walls, and boom! We were gonna fight, and we were gonna prove it was macho to take a heavy punch. We could take it. We could take it. And I can understand today's mindset and mentality. Maybe we could take it, but why bother? Is some of the mindset, some of the mentality, some of the 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 direction that I would assume that Floyd Mayweather has looked at and taken it and said, "Hey." I could probably trade. I could probably take some punishment. I could probably take a good shot, but why bother when I'm graced with the skill and that God gave me that I could evade punches, I could avoid punches, I could slip, I could roll, and I could still outpoint and win and hit and not be hit. So I, I get it. I get it, and I respect it. Uh, it's just a different generation, a different mindset. We were like, hey, hit me. I could take it all. You know, and I'm going to come back and I'm going to hit you. We bit that bullet. And a lot of my peers and a lot of people are suffering today from that mindset, that mentality. It's a different era.
1: Well, I mean, I don't disagree with. Listen, I agree with Floyd. And Sal's gone. Did, did you? Who's on the line? Should I put scotch in my coffee? I know, what's he drinking? <laughs> uh, but no, I, what I do agree with Floyd is, and and I know this goes. Kind of against what you said. I mean, ahead, listen, yeah. nobody, nobody should want to go in there and take a beating. I mean, I mean, you know, I, you you do want to avoid the punches, and 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 I respect Floyd for for fighting defensive first. But the difference is, and and I can't stand it when people start telling me, "Oh, Billy C, that's the sweet science, hit and not get hit." But they leave <sighs> out the most important part of that definition. The definition of sweet, the sweet science is. Hit and not get hit, but still be in position to inflict damage on your opponent. Hit and not get hit, the way Floyd does it is he avoids the punch and then he's across the ring. So, yeah, he can't get hit, but he can't hit his opponent either. He's not standing in the pocket. Uh, believe it or not, a young Adrian Broner at lightweight was a guy that you couldn't hit and, and then was still in the pocket to inflict damage. Terrence Crawford is a great example of a fighter today who can, uh, you know, avoid a punch and hit you while he's in the pocket. Guillermo Rigondow is probably one of the best. You can't even hit the guy. He's standing three feet from you. You can't even hit him, and he's landing punches. That's the definition of the sweet science, Sal.
0: No, and and I agree with you. I love Lomachenko for that reason, too. Even though he he does get hit a little more than the other guys, he still avoids punches, and he's always in the pocket and turning into position to turn on the uh, offense. So, you definitely make a good case, and I agree with you. You know that is the sweet science to the yeah, max.
1: Yeah, no, no, no doubt. One thing I wanted to just uh, add about the uh, uh, this World Series, this World Boxing Super Series with the cruiserweights, and they're also doing uh, uh, they're also doing a uh, uh, super middleweight one too. But July eighth next week uh, already. Um, I can't believe we'll be, it. I know. Uh, wow. Will be uh, um, the draft. And the way they're going to do a draft, they're going to set up this bracket, right? And um, the way they're going to do this uh, draft is um, kind of weird. Uh, Apparently, the top seeds, they're going to base the seeds, the the board are going to seed the fighters that are involved in the tournament. And the top seeds, I don't know if it's the first four, I believe it's the first four, um, will get to choose their opponents, so the the top four seed guys uh, obviously won't have to face each other, but then the, the, they get to pick who they're gonna fight in the first round. And then after that, it's a bracket style tournament and you know you win, you move on. What's your thoughts on that uh, with the you know, after they seed them based on whatever criteria they're gonna use, record, performance, uh, et cetera, et cetera. How do you feel? I mean, it reminds me in gym class when, you know, we used to play a target ball or that's what we called it. They changed it to something else. But, you know, or any team, you know, and you, you, you get chosen as a captain. Now you're looking at all the, the guys in the gym class and now you pick, you know, who's the best one? Who's this? You know, that's got to be the same kind of mentality. I mean, what's your thoughts? You're you're a former professional fighter. Um, if you were involved in a, in a tournament and you – had a look at all the opponents, and and you know them all because, you know, they're your peers. You know, you've seen them fight. You know who they are. It's not like you never heard of these guys. I have my eye on them all the time. Right. You know, so, I mean, who do you go for? Do you you think ahead? I mean, uh, me as a, uh, you know, I've been a coach uh, in, uh, you know, sports, uh, baseball, football, you know, and, and, you know, one of the things I learned early on in my coaching career was uh, not – to play for tomorrow's game always play today's game worry about tomorrow's game tomorrow is that the same mindset that you would have to take when you pick uh, a fighter you know uh, are you going to pick the one that you know you can beat or the easiest uh, one I mean how, what would you do Sal
0: let me ask you this I mean they're actually getting an opportunity to pick who they want to fight or no that's the way the seed's going to go and then the, the brackets
1: correct no. Well, the, they're going to set up a bracket, but the brackets yeah. start with the main guys that are going to be the right. top seeds. So okay. if there's four uh, main guys, you know, they, they'll they have four right. brackets or two main guys, however they're going to do it. They'll fight lesser guys and all no, that no,
0: elimination. No. Next no. round, they go on against the other guys. It no. gets more difficult or, or better competition but as what they I'm, get closer but to what the But what I'm end.
1: saying is like now in, uh, in a bracket, like let's say for March Madness, you know the teams all get uh, rated and they get uh, put in a, in a bracket. Then they move on. And you're right. the the least uh, the worst team plays the best team, so on and so forth. But the way this is going to work, the bracket may be similar, but the top seeds that will be chosen by the committee, they get to pick their opponent. Wow. The guys wow. that are in the top seed. Wow. So let's say my my question to wow. you, Sal, is let's say. You're one of the 2 or 4 top seeded guys. Now you're right. looking at 6 other guys, 8 other guys, and you got to pick your first opponent. What's your mindset?
0: My mindset is, "Wow, I don't understand I, how I get to choose and pick my opponent." And of course, I'm going to look at what's going uh what opponent is available that I can choose to fight that I'm going to want to uh look good and also uh come out with my hand raised and uh knock out or so and and you know if i could choose one i'm gonna i'm gonna choose one of the best because my really have my eyes on the i want to preserve my body myself not get too injured because i want to preserve my fight for the finals when i can knock out the best out there that's my goal my end goal but you know reminiscent to when i was uh, wrestling in high school or the Golden Glove State Championships or the AAU state championships, things like that and national titles and, and things like that that I fought in. You know, we always had an eye on well who's out there we're gonna fight. Who's out there we wanna fight? Whether it was Johnny Bumpus, when it was this, when it was that. And and we we would look at who we were gonna fight then first. And get past that fight and then go on, whether it was Golden Gloves, whether it was a national title. And, and so this is reminiscent. Same thing with wrestling. When I wrestled in high school and I went to the state championships, we uh, we had to look at who we were going to wrestle in the districts, who were going to wrestle in the regions. And we knew who was tough out there. We didn't get to choose who we were going to wrestle. We just knew we are wrestling the lesser opponents early on when we were seated because we were seated.
1: Right. So – I would versus, want to versus standing. Myself you, you were seated versus standing, right? You were seated versus Sorry? standing. You were seated versus. Yeah, I'm seated right now. As no, a matter yeah. of fact, no, but, I'm telling but, you this. But what about I this, my Ronnie Reagan? Well, there what, you go again. What about this, Sal? What about you know? I, I I mean, that's the logical answer. You know, you as a fighter, you want to get that first win, you want to advance, so you're going to pick the guy you think that you would have the easiest time with. And just like when you're in school. And you're waiting on that line. You don't want to be the last one picked. You don't want to be the guy that says, "Oh God, all right, you go with the red team." You know, it's like, "Oh man, you know, we're stuck with him again." You know, I mean, you know, you don't want to be that guy. So now, what kind of motivation? What kind of motivation is going on in a fighter's mind when you are a top seed and you pick me as your first fighter? You know, uh, and I'm saying to myself, "What? This guy thinks I'm the worst one here?" I, I, I would think. I would think. That my motivation that you just fired up a guy because let's keep in mind all these yeah. guys are good you know you're not looking at good. you're not looking at you know uh, uh, butter B- butterbean as one of the guys and and you know uh, ray mercer as another you know i mean and you pick butterbean i mean they're all quality fighters you know but I, I would think that you know you in your mindset picking who you think might be your easiest opponent for your first fight you're actually getting the best version of that easiest opponent because he's going to be all jacked up because you picked him, thinking that you're going to walk all over him, right?
0: Absolutely, and you're 100% right with that assumption. I I would give you that right off the bat, and that's true, and that's what I'm saying. It's never going to be just an easy, easy fight for a multitude of reasons, one that you just mentioned. So I don't even like the idea that they could pick their own opponents because I would – like I said – my goal in that whole tournament would be to get to the finals and fight the best. And the, the course along that way, you know, you gotta see uh, you don't want to injure your hand. you don't want you don't want to get bruised rib. you don't want to get cuts, you don't want this and that. So you know how much thought process do you really go into? Well, which is the better fighter for me? Do I want a boxer? Do I want a puncher? Do I want this? Do I want that? I, I, I don't like the, the idea to choose my opponent. I would just say put me in a ring with whoever and let me win let me let me beat them.
1: that's my assumption that's my thought well I, I don't think want to that, pick I, anybody I think it's a it's a pretty wild twist that they're uh that they' thrown in here you know that uh they're gonna seed the guy you know because I was wondering you know who's gonna pick you know and I when I first was seeing well, they're gonna the committee's gonna pick the match and I'm saying oh God you know they're gonna have their favorites they're gonna pick who they think and then all of a sudden they come out and they say well the top seeds are going to pick their own opponents. I'm like, Oh, you know, so basically they're going to pick the top seeds, whatever (coughs) it is, uh, either two or, or, or four fighters. And then those guys get to pick their opponents. They'll, you know, they'll be in the order in which they're chosen. You know, uh, they get to pick their opponents. Uh, so, you know, like coach is saying in the chat room, he says, uh, you know, I, I'd pick, I'd want to face the toughest while I'm fresh. Well, I mean, assuming you're going to be fresh the whole time, it's not like you're going to fight them. It's not like the prize fighter tournament, which I loved uh, over in England, uh, where uh, you fight the same night. That I like. Uh, But this, you know, you're going to be able to get back in shape and prepare for your opponent. You're going to know who your opponent is after your fight. But, I mean, I don't know if that is a smart approach, uh, Coach, because if you pick the baddest ass of, of, well, first of all, you gotta assume that the other people picking are the top guys with yourself if you made that cut. You know, if you're one of the guys picking your opponent, you're you you're already in a top seed. I would think that you'd have to pick the guy you think that you would have the easiest time with, Sal, and and, and then you're creating uh, an issue where the guy that you just picked is gonna you know, that's his motivation that you just picked him. And now you're going to see the best version of that guy, maybe better than you thought. You know, maybe I don't know. I don't know what to think. I think it's I think it's pretty I, interesting I, to tell you the truth. I think it's interesting,
0: but you know, hey, I got a question too. You know, I can see what Coach is saying, but the, the bottom line is, you know, these tournaments, if if are they going to be weekly? Are you know, this because you got to. Are you going to fight a once a month? Is it a year-long tournament? You got twelve, bi- you got buys. Is it a six-month tournament? You got six fights. How many fights? How many people in the weight class? And you got to look at all these variables because, you know, hey, when we were fighting in amateurs, three rounds or whatever the heck it might be, just to uh, just to get onto uh, um, the golden gloves or or winning a championship there, you could fight two fights in a day, three fights in a day, this and that. But, but you're looking at, are you going to fight 10 rounds one morning and then fight 10 rounds at night? No, you're not going to do that. So that's why I'm saying. If it's a weekly uh, uh, elimination or a monthly elimination, hey, I know after after a 10-round fight, if it's 10 rounds, you know, there's been some times where, you you know, your, your whole body feels like a headache and you got to, you know... Uh, you know, at least rest for for a day or two and um, and uh, soak in a tub or soak your hands if they're hurt. So I can't see this being if they're 10-round fights, once-a-week fights. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know.
1: No, I'd like to not, know more information. No, they're not going to be once-a-week fights. I mean, you know, no, the same know rules. I'm just the saying, same, but uh, the same are they going to be 10-round fights? Well, the same rules apply. Um, the, you know, even though it's a tournament, the same rules are going to apply. You know, if there's a knockdown or a cut, they have to right. allow for, uh, uh, you know, suspensions. Uh, well, obviously, I, I think it's a sim- single elimination. So if you get knocked out, you're not, you know, you're not going to be coming back. You're but, not coming back tomorrow. But a it. lot of commissions, if you sustain a serious cut, or even if you get knocked down, I will tell you right now, if you win the fight. And you get knocked down a couple of times in that fight and sustain a cut, and but then you come back and win. Uh, most, you know, reputable commissions will still issue um, a, uh, uh, you know, some time where you got to take off. You'll, you'll have a suspension that, that you have to serve, whether it be 30 or 60 days, you know, so I'm sure. That uh, Richard Schaefer, who's uh, you know the lead guy in this, is is accounting for that. Sal, I mean uh, that's just the rules of the sport, you know. And and if I'm a, if I'm fighting, and I get a serious cut, you know, I'm in time for that cut to heal. That was one of the things, the tangibles in uh, the prize fighter tournament that I loved so much, because if you got cut and you weren't able to continue, even though you won, you're out. You know, so they had to go in between fights and and have a little bit of time to, to patch them up and get them uh, get them okay, so that they let them continue. Uh, that adds a whole other uh, flavor to it. You know, having a tournament the same night. You know, you win; it's three rounds. You win, you advance. You you fight the next guy. I loved the prize fight tournament. Oh yeah, yeah. I, that that
0: that is exciting, and and it's a lot of action. It's short bursts. It's 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 great. You don't have much room to make an error. You know, it's funny, Bill, because I used to think about that all the time, you know, coming from wrestling or fighting in the amateurs with the tournaments and everything else. You know, I used to say, well, you know, too bad boxing professional boxing couldn't be on a league level where you had a team. Each state had a team of champions uh, or they 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 vie for that position in each weight class. And they face another state, and they do three-round fights or four-round fights, and uh, they go on to uh, to a world title uh, or worldwide. You know, it would be a different concept, different thing. You want to start the league, Bill? Anyway, <laughs> it would be interesting. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the, the whole thing though. With this uh, this big big tournament, could be interesting though.
1: I love the tournament. I love it. I love it. Hey, listen, we're gonna take uh, a break here in a second. I'll give a shout out, Jose Ribalta. Uh, former uh, wow. world uh, heavyweight title challenger is uh, in yes. the uh, Facebook chat room right now. I'll give a shout out to my man Jose. Uh, Major Very League good. Baseball scores: Diamondbacks beat the Phillies six to one. Cardinals over the Reds eight to two. The Cubbies beat the Nationals five four. Red Sox over the Twins four to one. Indians over the Rangers fifteen to nine. Yankees uh, wow. keep winning uh, after their little losing streak. They beat the White Sox six to five. Giants over the Rockies nine two, and the Angels shut out. Uh, my second favorite team, the Dodgers, four to nothing. So uh, the uh, that takes care of that. Hey, Sal, we got a bunch of uh, emails to read, and uh, I'm going to read them as soon as we come back from <laughs> okay. uh, our break. So uh, we're going to take a short break. I'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache.
0: Oh, there. Why
1: are you doing that? That's my face. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> That's billycboxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy Billy C-C. Interact with the show at billycboxing.com. And where back. You're watching and listening to The Billy C. Show. Glad uh, to The Billy C. Show. <laughs> Left out a word there. Uh, glad you could be with us today. Don't forget about my book, man. Get a copy of it now. Visit our website, billycboxing.com, and uh, click on the book. Or just go to amazon.com or barnesandnoble.com. Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet. It's a great read. And uh, it's a story of uh, a fighter who was born a slave and uh, actually was forced into fighting and then eventually won his freedom and uh, went on to uh, become uh, America's first uh, heavyweight champion and he was the first uh, fighter, the the first one of two fighters to fight in the first world title fight and uh, his place in history is kind of uh, not right. Uh, He was screwed when he was uh, alive and he's still being screwed all because of the color of his skin. Read my book and help me uh, get history written the correct way joining me right now is my man sal uh, rocky senacola and sal i got uh, a couple of emails are you there sal i'm here can oh, you hear me oh yeah yeah now i can i you must have I'm here things. do you see
0: me but, hey uh,
1: <laughs> i i, I, I want to give a, a shout out i i mentioned jose Robalta and he, he's in yes. the uh uh he's in the facebook uh uh he's communicating with us through facebook and uh, i just want to mention that uh he is trying to get a fight with uh, Tyson Fury. And he says, uh, Tyson Fury's scared to fight him. So, uh, you know, Tyson Fury's calling out uh, all these uh, uh, big names, uh, Anthony Joshua and, and et cetera, et cetera, Deontay Wilder. But uh, apparently he's uh, he's a scared to fight uh, Jose uh, Robolta. And, and I would think that he would need at least a fight before he got in. And uh, it's not like uh, Robolta's... Uh, a spring chicken anymore i mean uh if jose wants to fight and he's uh willing to fight tyson fury needs to fight somebody before he jumps right in with uh, uh a top contender so uh hey give jose a shot you know I, absolutely you know, every time i I, to him. I think of jose ribalta man and uh i i think of uh uh his fight with uh mike tyson you know and uh i, I remember looking at him going man the guy's got a back like the size of a, a sheet of plywood. A big, big guy, I thought. Uh, oh, always yeah. thought of uh, Jose Rebalta. But uh, anyway, we got, uh, we got them talking. You know, I will say this in our chat room up on billycboxing.com. Uh, Kevin is in there right now, uh, Sal, convincing yeah. coach. He's making coach. He's making coach an offer he can't refuse. And oh, the God, offer so. is my man Kevin is saying, hey, coach. You know, I, I'll drive. Let's go down to St. Simons for the event in August. I'll drive if you come. Hey, hey, hey How can you hey, say I no like to that. that, Sal? How can they? How can Coach say no to that? That's an offer he can't refuse. Forget about it. Listen, all I could say <laughs> to Coach is lace up your work boots because he's always wearing work boots all the time. Lace them up. Get in the car with Kevin and come on down, right? Absolutely, we're gonna have a blast. And well, actually have we should be great
0: food and good times. And <laughs> actually gonna... we, sh-
1: we shouldn't even really be talking about it yet but uh, but the truth of the matter is yeah we are <laughs> doing a special event golf outing. We're gonna watch the fights. we're gonna have a meet and greet, we're gonna have food. Uh, you can finally uh, eat at Sal's. Uh, it's gonna be a fun time for all. so uh, we'll be uh, talking about that uh, and it's gonna be at the POM. so uh, check that out. Anyway, got some emails. let's get these out the way. Uh, first one's from Jesse it says hey Billy C and Sal. He says, Billy, I think the Horn versus Manny is a bogus fight. Uh, Does Horn have a shot uh, against Manny? Yes, he's got a shot. But no, Horn didn't deserve or earn uh, this shot uh, against uh, Manny Pacquiao. Even if he beats Manny, that doesn't mean he's a top fighter. Uh, Not until he beats other guys like uh, Garcia, Porter, Thurman, etc. Horn is like Conor McGregor. The only way he beats uh, Manny is on a one shot, uh, you know, landing one shot, I guess he means, but not uh, boxing wise. He says, Billy, do you consider Connor and Horn top boxers if they beat Floyd and Manny? He says, I don't. If they are so great, uh, do you really see Horn and Connor beating other guys like Thurman, Triple G, Canelo, Porter, Garcia Spence, Crawford, etc.? If Connor and Horn see themselves and say they're so great, uh, they're not made for boxing. History, uh, like Manny and Floyd's history, to where they come from and guys they beat, I cannot see Horn being a superstar, like Aram mentions. And he goes ahead and quotes uh, what I read earlier. He says, uh, uh, Aram also said that he watched Horn train. He says, uh, this is a joke comment. Uh, my prediction is Horn versus Manny is just a money grabber to maybe promote the upcoming Floyd win over Connor. Manny will call Floyd out after he beats Horn, and Floyd will accept the challenge after he beats Connor. Uh, basically, Floyd and Manny are promoting their upcoming fights to generate even more money for them to fight each other. Um, possibly. Uh, first and foremost, to answer the main question, I guess, from this email, um, is do I think that if uh, uh, Manny loses to Jeff Horn, and if Conor McGregor beats man, uh, Floyd Mayweather, does that make them immediately good fighters or great fighters? I would have to agree and say no. But but here's here's the thing: a win is a win is a win. You know, if if Conor McGregor beats Floyd Mayweather, let's start with that. If if he beats Floyd Mayweather, which I don't give him even a a, a, a mustard seed chance in in a in a you know thousand acre field of Grass. Whoa! What an analogy that was. That. Where did that come from? Where did that come? Where did from? that I was come from? Say, it must but, have seen in a pint-sized jar of golden. Yeah, something. I don't, I don't know, but uh, yeah, that's a good one. But uh, I don't I, I, I don't give I don't give. <laughs> I, com- I like it though. Yeah, bro. it's a good one. It just I just <laughs> came to me. But uh, if uh, yeah, it just came to me. I don't know. But uh, if, uh, if 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 Conor McGregor beats Floyd Mayweather, it'll be the biggest upset in sports history really and where does conor mcgregor go from there well i will tell you this any way he wants because <laughs> he, he will be able to land a, a fight against uh, any of the top guys he will instantly be worth uh, a lot of money and demand a lot of money um but i don't see it happening uh, if jeff horn beats manny pacquiao you know yeah jeff horn will will become an instant star too but the naysayers and the Pacquiao fans are going to say, well, he was he was done. He was spent. Manny was past his prime. I, listen, I think both Conor McGregor and uh, Jeff Horn are both in win-win situations. I, I think even if they lose, they, they win. Uh, what's your thoughts, Sal?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, Conor McGregor, uh, he wins. I mean, that's going to uh, upset the apple cart, if you will. I don't know what kind of analogy I can make, but he'll be known as a big spoiler. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I I just can't picture it and see it, but um, of course uh, he'll uh, he'll reign through MMA, and I, I I just don't see him having that success as a boxer uh, long term. I don't know, uh, and I don't think he would probably get through uh, Mayweather to begin with. But if he did, uh, there's a lot of punchers, a lot of people out there, a lot of styles that uh that uh could probably uh, give him trouble in any situation i don't know um and jeff horn jeff horn's got a chance and he always uh would be one to be uh uh considered uh a, a top top draw if he gets past manny and all of a sudden he's this he's a dragon slayer if you will and uh uh but that's unlikely too um you know and then i could see a showdown between uh Jeff Horn and uh, Conor McGregor. And Conor McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what,
1: I tell you what, I I don't give either one of them much of a chance, no, but I, I I think that Jeff Horn has more of a chance of beating Manny Pacquiao than Conor McGregor has of beating Floyd Mayweather. I mean, I, I will say that. Um, I agree. You know, that. Floyd Mayweather. You know, my my my. my uh, listen, the bottom line is. Boxers that have boxed for their life have tried, even even brawlers who have been boxing for for their life uh, have fought Floyd Mayweather, and none of them can land a solid punch on Floyd. What makes people think that Conor McGregor, who's never fought boxing, who's a lunge at you can't even he runs out of gas in MMA? What makes people think that he stands even a remote chance, even with a lucky shot? I've seen the, the video of him sparring. You know, it's I've dead. seen him hold his hand. It's he has no defense. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> like, Floyd and Mayweather, who can't crack an egg, who probably couldn't even knock me or you out right now at our ripe old age, uh, is going to knock out Conor McGregor. I'm telling you that oh, he's he going to knock he out will. Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor is yeah. going to be so exhausted uh, that yeah. uh, you know Floyd Mayweather is going to, you know, probably uh, you know, blow some of his bad breath on him and and knock him out with a breath blow. I mean, I I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, Connor's not finishing that fight on his feet. No, and and you know,
0: I'll tell you what, uh, it'd be if we're talking on a Monday morning or or post fight and we see something, uh, <laughs> we're gonna have to be eating crow. I I doubt that's gonna happen. I mean, why? I believe they are giving him. Uh, a chance uh, out of hell. I don't know. I mean, think thinking, all, all I could see, Bill, is this guy charging like a bull, putting his hands up, wading through punches, not caring, and just boom, boom, trying to get him in a corner, uh, if you will, and bullying him, and probably, you know, I don't know. That's the only thing I could see. And and Mayweather's not going to really give him that opportunity because Mayweather's going to be peddling. Mayweather's going to be in distance enough to throw that jab and some combinations. And uh, he knows that that's probably the only thing that Conor McGregor is going to do is charge him like a
1: bull. Of course. That's Listen, I, I the first, know. If if the fight goes five or six rounds, the, the first handful of rounds is going to be pretty... I, I'll tell you how it's going to go so you can save your hundred bucks. I want to hear it. The, the way it's it. going to go is Conor's going to do exactly what you said. He's going to come running across that ring at Floyd. Like Floyd, a bull. He's going to come out. And Floyd, like a matador is going to, you know, control the ring. He's going to move around. He's going to be on his feet. And McGregor's going to be chasing him like a primitive caveman. And Floyd's going to be avoiding punches. And he's going to be biding his time. And all the while, Conor's going to be running out of gas, emptying in his gas tank. And by the fourth or fifth round, that's when Floyd might start throwing a couple of punches. I'm telling you, Floyd's not even going to need to throw a punch in the first three or four rounds. But once Conor starts to tire... You're going to see Floyd picking his shots. He'll start leading with his jab. He'll start counter-punching because Conor will have slowed down and his wide punches will be even wider. And Floyd will begin to break him down. And then finally, because of the exhaustion factor, Conor McGregor will barely be able to make it out of his corner in between rounds. Uh, and then uh, Floyd's going to knock him out. He's going to accumulate some punches. Mike bust him up. might cut him. And uh, I'm seeing Floyd win this fight by knockout, whether it be a complete KO or a TKO, or I wouldn't even be surprised if Conor McGregor ends up quitting on his stool because he's so exhausted between uh, a later round. I, I don't see this guy going 12 rounds or even 10. I don't even know. Is it 10 or 12 rounds, this fight?
0: I don't know. I don't know.
1: I. We should research that. <laughs> you know what? It doesn't matter. It's not even a real fight. Let me read another email. Let me read another email before we uh, keep talking about this. Joel, you know, listen. I, I, go, ahead. go ahead. What were you going to say?
0: i just going to say, you know,
1: the the. Oh, <laughs> I've got this
0: image. I've got this image. You said it in caveman-like style that Conor McGregor is going to be charging after Mayweather. Now, let's say he's lucky enough to use his hands and, and literally – keep Mayweather in a corner and and take his free hand and and just throw wild punches. I mean, I don't know. It's it's gonna be an interesting. But that's the only offense I see this guy having any chance of, of connecting, any punches. Mayweather's not gonna give him that opportunity unless unless he could charge a corner, put him in a corner, and just bash away. It's it's, it's just, it just blows my mind. <laughs>
1: listen, listen, if the guy if the guy can land one of the Captain Caveman punches, all right, if he can, if he can land one of them. One of them. Maybe he catches maybe. Floyd, uh, uh, you know, on the temple, you know, and Floyd loses his equilibrium. I mean, if you want to give you know, also – it may be able to snow in, in the middle of August in upstate New York. It may. I mean, it's possible, Please. you know, I, I mean, uh, but uh, very unlikely, you know, but but it is possible. So anybody that's grasping uh, to the hopes that McGregor's going to knock out Floyd, uh, you know, I've had people say, you don't know, you don't know, if, uh, Conor McGregor all about stand up and everything else and. You know, uh, let, let, me read, let me read this next email because it, it, it kind of ties into what you were saying to me <laughs> off air yesterday about, about MMA, if you remember what you were saying about uh, what you thought of MMA. Uh, yes. And uh, my man Joel sends me an email and he says, uh, Hey, Billy C., uh, here's a 55-second video uh, of a finish of the Sunday's UFC fight. Uh, so you can uh, see the fight, so you can respond to my email. And the email says, hey, Bill, there was a free UFC card this past Sunday night that I watched. I was wondering if you saw the controversy at the end of the main event. Kevin Lee had Michael uh, Chesna in in a rear naked choke. Um, they, I they watched did, that fight, Bill. They did have when ha- ha- I saw it. They did have uh, clothes on, but uh, I guess they, they're, they're yeah. And tri- the referee stopped. it. No, all right. Yeah, let me let me. He says, however, right. Chiesa never tapped out or passed out, uh, and the referee uh, Mario uh, Yamanoski um, stopped the bout in favor of Kevin Lee just on the basis he thought that Lee had the chokehold in deep enough that there was no way to get out of it. He says, I guess. However, when he stopped the fight, Chiesa was uh, absolutely stunned. He was completely alert and very upset at Yamaisky, uh saying that he wasn't out, and he was uh, totally alert. He clearly looked fine. It was a shame that in combat sports, two of the biggest problems that can never go away, premature, premature stoppages and bad judges' scores. Do you and South think uh, this is something we can ever fix? Well, first of all, before I comment on the fight itself, and I did watch it, um, is that, <laughs> you, you know, uh, uh, you know the, the truth of the matter is, is I think, now judges is one thing. I, I believe that judging, we need, it, it's a simple fix. If we, uh, you know, make the criteria, everybody knows what the judging criteria is. But what we don't know is the order in which specific judges score that criteria. Some may put more emphasis on total punches thrown and landed, giving uh, a fighter the same amount of, of uh, points, so to speak, if they're landing jab after jab after jab, whereas other judges will say, well, this guy jabbed them for, for two minutes and, and 50 seconds of a three-minute round, but then the other fighter landed a, 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 a savage shot that rocked Uh, the guy that jabbed him for 2 minutes and 50 seconds of the round, and he gives the round to that guy for the big punch. If, As long as the judges have an order, like which is the most important down to the least important of the criteria, then I think we would see a lot more um, scorecards that I think the public would accept. Now, as far as premature stoppages, that's a tough one to fix, as you would say, Joel. And the reason is because a premature stoppage, although the fans and the fighters get upset, at least the fighters go on to fight another day. A late stoppage or a stoppage that wasn't stopped in time causes more damage, not only for the referee who waited too long, but for the fighter itself. So there's an injury injury factor here that you have to consider. You know, uh, one of the things was I, when I was involved with a sanctioning body they told their judges you know it's better to stop a fight too early than too late so i don't think that that is really something that is broken i think that it's just a judgment call and it's all based on the referee some referees might stop a fight quicker than others um I just wish that more referees let the fighters fight, you know. Now, as far as the fight itself, um, what do I think about the stoppage? Well, uh, it didn't seem like he was, and I wasn't, the the referee is kneeling right there. He's looking right at the guy. So he might have seen his eyes rolling back in his head. I saw the guy bleeding. He was clearly down. Uh, He was in a chokehold. It didn't look like he could get out. His arm was free, but it was kind of hanging there. I don't know, Sal. Um, the guy had a scissor around his waist the whole time, squeezing his abdomen. I think, and
0: and uh, probably hurting his uh, ability to to uh, oxygenate his uh, muscles. I, I I don't know, Bill. I, I I just, in all due respect to Joel and and all the millions of of MMA fans out there, I I I just don't like it. I just don't get it.
1: Well, just don't. I don't I don't like the ground, you know. And and then the guy, you know, you know I look at I look at, at UFC sort of as a cross between wrestling and WWE, you know? I mean, the way they jump around and and you know, they're in the cage. Oh, yeah. I mean, um it is what it is, you know? I I, I always the the reason why when I, people always ask me how come I never got into MMA. Well, I, there's two reasons. One, when I, somebody sent me, a, 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 when I was watching it one time, somebody said, oh, here's an MMA thing, and, and I started watching this fight. And I forget who the guys were, but um, this guy gets knocked out. I mean, it was a clear shot. And, and, he, and you see the replay, and he, he's out cold as he's falling backwards. His hands are to his side. He falls, and he's laying there on his back, um, out cold, and the fighter that knocked him out climbs up onto the, to, to the cage and comes down and gives him a shot right in the face. Uh, and, uh, you know, then the referee comes over and waves it off. And it was a legal blow. You know, and I'm saying to myself, you know, this is what you watch in wrestling when they come down and, you know, they, they actually don't land on the guy, you know, and they give him the old elbow to the, to the chin, you know. And I'm saying to myself, oh, my God you know, uh, this guy was clearly out. What, what was the need to come down and give him that extra shot? And it reminded me of the, my second thing, you know, about Tom Molino, and, you know, my book during the research of my book, which took me seven years, the one thing that, uh, you know, I, as barbaric as boxing was during Tom Molino's time, there were three rules. One When you were knocked down, that was the end of the round. So that could have been 10 seconds or 10 hours. You know, as soon as a fighter hit the ground, that was the end of the round. The second rule uh, was you couldn't gouge out someone's eye. And the third rule was you weren't allowed to hit a guy when he's down. That's it. You could do anything else in the most barbaric version of boxing ever. And you fast (laughs) forward to MMA and you're allowed to hit a guy when he's down. I'm sorry. I just couldn't get into it, Sal. Well, at down and defenseless,
0: uh, so you know it's a uh, because you could be down, but you're still able to defend yourself and uh, use your hand. But this guy seemed to be defenseless. The, the the experience you had, yeah, and that's just it. I just never got into it for a multitude of reasons. And uh, like I said, it has its place for some fans and stuff. And I I, I applaud them, and that's it. I, I but I'll never be I'll never be a fan.
1: Nah, you know, I mean, listen, I'm not opposed uh, you know i've no i mean some- i'm not opposed
0: to it but i'm just never going to be a fan of it i'm not going to go seek it out to watch you know i did the other night because i wanted to see i wanted i was clicking through the channel i came across that fight and uh i said you know what let me see let me get it let me see what joel and everybody wants to see with this fight and i and i was looking at it well nah, it's not me i can't I've, do this
1: i've called several mma fights you know ringside commentating. And some of them are exciting and some are very hard to call. The, one of the first ones I ever did, Alex Papali and I called one. And, um, you know, there, there was this, uh, these two guys were like leg locked, laying in front of us, and we're looking at each other like, what do you say? You know, I mean, they, they, were, they were doing nothing. You know, they were just, you know, I don't know. Let me, let me read another email before I put foot in mouth. Uh, this one. <coughs> Um, Is from uh, my man, uh, Jeffrey. Uh, Jeffrey from uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And the title, uh, the subject of this says, Rigandow cheap shot. He says, Billy, why I believe that Rigondow's knockout shot was a cheap shot, he says, uh, I understand that the school of thought that says, in the process of throwing a punch... And you're supposed to protect yourself at all times. Unfortunately, neither of these applies to the ending of Rigondeaux's latest knockout slash no contest. First, protect yourself at all times means to maintain your readiness throughout the extent of the official time in each and every round. When a round or a fight ends, it certainly is not placed upon the fighter to maintain this posture just in case a fighter loses control or throws a cheap shot. I'm going to stop right there because it most certainly does, Jeff. Um, There's been many cases uh, in the sport of boxing that uh, that's the exact reason they say protect yourself at all times. Not everyone hears the bell. There's times when people thought they hear uh, a bell, like a 10-second warning, and they stop fighting. Uh, You're supposed to protect yourself at all times until the referee is turning both of you around the head to your respective corners. There's also been times when fighters have attacked other fighters, even in between rounds. So the protect yourself at all times basically is saying this is a combat type sport. It's a, a sport that the object is to render your opponent unconscious. Protect yourself. Talk to my man, Marlon Starling. He was a world title holder. Got clearly knocked out after the bell. It was reviewed, and the commission in New Jersey overruled the, the uh, uh, decision, which was initially a knockout, and said no, it was after the bell. Ruled it a no contest. But the WBA, I believe it was the WBA, let the other guy keep the title. So I mean, you know, like, yes, protect yourself at all times means exactly what it sounds like. Uh, it doesn't mean to stop protecting yourself after the bell because these types of um, things happen whether they're on purpose or totally by accident uh, you do have to protect yourself all, at all times don't forget in boxing there's been guys that at the handshake before the first bell have suckered punched each other in the, uh, in the past so um, no <laughs> you protect yourself at all times from the time you enter that ring be ready for something just ask Jose who's a guy who's standing after the fight And uh, a corner man comes up and sucker punches him. You know, uh, should he have been expecting that? Absolutely not. But uh, protect yourself at all times. It's uh, it's a dangerous sport. He says, secondly, when two fighters are exchanging blows in steady action, uh, a case may be made for the -the in-the-process defense. But let's look at the series before the final blow. Not much was going on in round one. I actually completely disagreed with the commentators. The kid was the aggressor throughout, and Rigo was using his too familiar move, 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 waiting to use his counterpunch options. How this wins rounds, I'll never know. Rigo knowingly cuffed the, this young man, and after handing an effective uppercut in in this posture, decided why not continue the process and land a few more. The referee should have intervened at that moment and deducted a point for a clear violation. He did not. So, Rigo figured, why not throw one last punch while in close and inside those long arms, clearly after the bell? Uh, He says, like Ward, I figured Riggandau would eventually land some big counters on his charging opponent and win the fight. But just because you can feel a tide changing, you can't uh, excuse blatant fouls in the process. Ward was marching towards a win, but his frequent low blows should have been addressed. Rigo has speed and power, but his series of fight enduring punches, uh, I'm sorry, but his but his series of fight ending punches began and ended with blatant fouls. In my eyes, he was taken advantage after blatantly fouling. This can only be termed a cheap shot. Um I respect your opinion, Jeff, one hundred percent, and I appreciate the email. Uh, but in that particular case, I don't think it was a cheap shot. I I do think it happened in the heat of battle. Um, A lot of times, I don't know if you've ever fought, uh, especially in front of a big crowd, but a lot of times you you don't hear the bell. You're totally focused on your opponent. I believe if anyone is at fault, the the majority of the fault has to fall on Vic Draculage, the referee. He should have been, the 10-second warning is really there for the referee to get in position And some states have a five second warning. It's there for the referee to get in position to make sure the fighters know the ending, uh, the round has ended. He waited too long. uh, And yes, they were in the middle of an exchange. Uh, uh, Rigandow and his opponent were both throwing punches, um, uh, you know, right at the bell. And Rigandow was already in motion. Yes, the punch landed, found its target after the bell sounded. But. but I think that uh, it was clearly uh, not intentional. Um, he was responding to another punch. Do I think the no contest decision was uh, justified? I think that's uh, better than having the fight, uh, having Rigandow dis- disqualified. Uh, I would have uh, left it as a KO or um, made it a no decision. What's your thoughts, Sal?
0: yeah I, I agree with you, Bill. Uh, I think that would probably be the more appropriate thing, and uh, you know would be uh, less tedious. and uh, I, I think you're right on with that,
1: yeah, you know I mean, you do have to protect yourself at all times. You do have to I, I protect yourself at all times. That's what they say. and
0: uh, you know it's 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 a shame that it happened and and uh, but you do have to protect yourself at all times. You should be ready. it's yeah, pretty right. unexpected.
1: Well, I'll tell you what I'm ready for right now, Sal another co- no yeah well but uh a commercial Walking. break we gotta take a break man he's uh, <laughs> uh it uh it flew by so don't go nowhere so we'll be back in two billy c will be right back part of the billy c boxing network check out billy c now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache
0: oh that hurts
1: why are you doing that's my face that's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy. C. interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to The Billy C. Show. Glad you could join us. We got some uh, emails we're finishing up here. And uh, I got the last one right now, Sal. And this one's from uh, a fairly new listener, uh, Ian Murray, uh, writing to us from, uh, uh, I guess, Scotland. Uh, He says, uh, hey, Billy C., I've just stumbled upon your show, and it's a great listen. Thanks. You know, for anybody that has uh, just stumbled on the show. Keep in mind we've been doing this show for 14 years and it's uh, evolved. We have quite a history uh of uh of the show and uh, its beginnings and everything and you know we've uh, we've had uh, over the years some great interviews with a lot of different uh fighters today. I especially uh enjoyed doing interviews with guys when they were just starting out when we started our uh, show And then watch these guys develop into world champions like Danny Garcia and, uh, you know, uh, Guillermo Rigandau and, uh, uh, you know, Yorokis Gamboa. When he first defected here, uh, we had uh, an interview uh, with him and an interpreter. So, um, you know, we had some great uh, interviews in the past and I I am going to work on trying to put them all together. Uh, in uh, in some kind of a, a a way that you can listen to him, because some of them, I mean, everybody, you know, we've had we've had Sugar Ray Leonard on the show. Uh, we used to have Manny Stewart on on a regular basis. I've had Tyson Fury. The only main names I haven't had, I've never had Floyd Mayweather, which I'm sure if you're listening to this show, you can understand why. Um, i never had Mike Tyson, and I've never had. Uh, uh, Oscar De La Hoya, but I've had uh, a lot of the other big names uh, all on the show. I, I've even had some other people like Tony Danza on, and and Danny Bonaducci when he was fighting uh uh in uh, those uh, celebrity fights and stuff like that. So we we've had some. Uh, I had Snooki on. I even had Snooki on when she was promoting. Oh boy! Uh, in uh, in New Jersey. So yeah, we we've had uh, uh, quite the uh, <laughs> list of uh, guests on the show, but anyway. Uh, Ian uh, says uh, I've only been listening to your show For a few weeks So forgive me if you've already covered this But what is your take On Joe Calzaghe's career And what British fighters have you enjoyed uh, And he signs it uh, um, uh, Ian The Scottish listener Well first of all I'll tell you We, we, we have a lot of uh, Scottish listeners and, and we have a big following in, in the UK in general And we're really uh, appreciative of, of all you guys um, and I guess you haven't uh, heard my take on Joe Calzaghe, and I hope you continue to listen to the show, uh, I am because uh, I was never a big fan of Joe Calzaghe, and um, I, I think he was a bit overrated. Uh, yes, he he fought, he finally fought some big names at the end of his career. Um, but uh, but I, I really felt that he should have fought some of uh, uh, the big names earlier. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to take anything away from him. Uh, you know, he uh, he did uh, walk away uh, undefeated, uh, which is hard to do in this business. Um, but uh, my overall take was I thought he was a very good fighter, uh, not a great fighter. And I thought that most of his opposition uh, were homegrown. Uh, he spent most of his career on your side at a pond. And uh, I just, um, I I, I think he's a bit overrated, you know, and this is even after me giving him a chance and let his career um, sink in. You know, as far as other Brits, you know, I give Lennox Lewis, I was never a big fan of Lennox Lewis uh, while he was uh, fighting, but since he retired and when I gave him more of a chance for his career to, to settle in, in my mindset, I realized that he was a great fighter. He changed the complexion of the heavyweight division, uh, and he also did something that I respect immensely with fighters, and that's when they retire, they stay retired. Um, so Lennox Lewis is is uh, has a, a Brit that has moved up. I love Anthony Joshua. I mean, uh, there's no question about Anthony Joshua. And, and if you're new to the show, uh, Ian, you, you probably haven't heard me say, I believe that the UK carries boxing on their back. I, I think if it wasn't for the UK boxing scene, boxing wouldn't be as popular as it is today. Uh, a lot of great fighters uh, out of uh, uh, you know England and the whole UK, and uh, I love the fact that they fight each other. Uh, I love the fact that they make the big fights, and I especially love the fans over in the UK and how supportive they are. What can you add to that, Sal? I,
0: I think you said it all. I mean, the u k has uh, always performed and always been there in the boxing mix and uh, you know when when it has uh, been slow here, you know, we usually watch in the competitive fights and the fighters out there. they uh, they're relentless. they're really good and uh, they fight each other and uh, the, you you cannot uh, say anything negative about the, 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 fanfare and about the, uh, way the fans support their athletes. And, uh, it's just tremendous and it's a great, uh, great display. And, and, uh, yeah, I, I definitely enjoy a fighter from the UK.
1: And, and I nope. forgot an important one, a, a current fighter. I love Kell Brook. Kell Brook uh, yes. is a quality fighter. And uh, I, I, I mean, if you can't respect uh, Kell Brook, you're not a boxing fan. But hey, speaking of boxing, there's a fight on tonight, toe-to-toe Tuesdays. Uh, it's going to put uh, – the main event is actually a pretty interesting matchup. Uh, Alex Martin against Miguel Cruz. Now, this is a rematch. Uh, these two guys uh, had fought uh, before, and Miguel Cruz – And the last time they fought actually was in the beginning of this year in January. And Miguel Cruz won a very close and controversial split decision over 10 rounds. Uh, They're fighting a rematch tonight on uh, Fox Sports. So um, this is one that uh, is going to be worth it. Now, these aren't world champions or anything like that. They're both young fighters. And I think that that's what interests me uh, more. So I'll give you a little breakdown uh, on this fight. Miguel Cruz... He won the first fight between these two. Like I said, the fight took place January 13th of this year, uh, won a 10-round split decision. He is uh, 26 years old. He's ranked at number 96 in the world by the computer in the welterweight division. Uh, He's an inch taller, a year younger, and has an inch longer reach than his opponent. Uh, His last uh, four fights have all been against good opposition, beginning uh, uh, a couple of years ago against Virgil Green. He was 11-3, and stopped him, won a uh, split decision, uh, eight-round split decision over Sam uh, Figueroa uh, in uh, May of 2016. He was 10-0. and He fought Alex Martin this year in January, who was 13-0, and won a 10-round split decision, and won uh, his last fight against an 11-3 and Ali Mamadov, uh, who he won a fourth-round disqualification. So, although his last four fights have been with good opposition, they're all somewhat flaky, the decisions. Two split decisions, a DQ, and the only decisive one was two years ago against Virgil Green. He uh, 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 has uh, five of his 15 fights were uh, against uh, opponents with losing records, which by today's standards is pretty good. The combined record of all 15 opponents he's faced is also pretty impressive. 104 wins, 87 losses, and 6 draws. Generally today, when you see a young fighter, 25 years old, he's 26, um, you know, you see these guys against uh, uh, big-time losing record opponents. Uh, Not the case with Miguel Cruz. He weighed in for this fight uh, yesterday, 145.8 pounds. His last fight against Ali Mamadov, he weighed 148, and he weighed 146 uh, when he fought uh, uh, Alex Martin the first time Now Alex Martin uh, He uh, is uh, a year older He's uh, 27 years old He's ranked at number 126th By the computer in the welterweight division uh, He's an inch shorter And he's got a one inch shorter reach He hasn't fought since his last fight against Miguel Cruz So he hasn't uh, didn't get that fight in between like uh, Like Cruz did but his last three opponents were also very good. In uh, February of 2016, he fought uh, Rosenberg G- Gomez, who was 17-4, and four, won an eight-round decision, uh, won a eight-round split decision against a very talented uh, Juan Carlos Abreu, who was uh, 19 wins, two losses, and a draw when he fought him. And then his last fight down in Florida uh, was the uh, uh, split decision, 10-round loss to Miguel Cruz. Now, he's fought 14 times, and nine of his 14 fighters had uh, uh, losing records. His combined record of his 14 opponents, 99 wins, 92 losses, 11 draws. Now, he does have combined winning uh, opponents, but the thing that stood out for me was all the draws uh, of his opponents, which usually tells me that the opponents are a lot better uh, then their record may indicate draws generally mean they won the fight and uh, they were in the hometown of the other fighter, especially if the the draw is on a record of a guy that's a 500 record or or uh, uh, less. So and he weighed in 146.4 pounds, weighed 146 and three in the last fight. How do I see this one going? Well, it's a tough one. Uh, you know, Alex Martin is a southpaw. Uh, he's got uh, 73 rounds under his belt, 13-1 and one with five knockouts. Uh, Miguel Cruz, he's got 61 rounds under his belt, but that's because he knocks out his opponents more. He's 15-0 and 0, uh, with 11 knockouts. I think this is going to be a highly competitive fight, but I'm going with Miguel Cruz. I think Cruz's activity uh, since he fought in between uh, and the fact that he's got a little more pop behind his punch, uh, I think that uh, he's going to win the fight. I'm picking uh, Miguel Cruz uh, in this one. Sal, I'm not going to ask you for your prediction because I know uh, I didn't give you a chance to really break it down, but what's your thoughts on two young guns facing each other a second time?
0: Well, I think it's it's good, and they're going to uh, put on a good show. I am picking Miguel Cruz as well, and uh, I think it's uh,
1: it's good. You know, it's good. Well, sounds good. I didn't want to put you on the that's spot, good. but you got your I, official. I you know, uh, gave you gave me official <laughs> prediction, so that's all is good. It's good. It's good. Like Sal it's said, it's good. It's good. It's good. Uh, my I pizza. It's good. Cruz. I you think know. he's gonna win. He's gonna cruise to a victory. Ah, is that he's what gonna, you're saying? <laughs> Miguel Cruz is gonna cruise to a victory. All right. Well, hey, and he's not in. gonna be a cruiserweight. Yeah, no, <laughs> not to, not to be not to be uh, confused <laughs> with a cruiserweight. He's just gonna cruise to victory. And we'll be talking about that fight on tomorrow's show. But on this day. June 27th, uh, in 1987, Matthew Hilton uh, wins a 15-round decision over Buster Drayton to win the IBF world junior Midway wow. title. It took place in Montreal. I remember watching that fight. That fight was on uh, uh, TV, and I'm I'm pretty sure it was on during the day. I'm 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 remembering yeah, I, I that. Think so. I, I, I think I, I remember watching that yeah. fight. I fought his brother Davy Hilton. Yeah, Dave Hilton, too, the Hilton uh, brothers. Yeah. There was a third one, too, wasn't there? Was there three brothers? I don't know. Yeah. I think he managed a hotel. Yeah, I, th- yeah. <laughs> I think his. I think he went out with Paris a little bit. But uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, on uh, this day, June 27th in 1999, and you know what? Everybody hated Paris Hilton, but I, I thought she was attractive. Whatever happened to her? I guess nah, she's we married and happy now. I don't know. Uh, I don't know, I don't know hey if you know know. she's doing porn she still have anymore. still a little dog? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but on this day in 1999, uh, uh, Lakva Sim knocks out Takanora uh in the fifth round uh, to win the WBA junior lightweight title. That took place in Japan. Uh, i sure no, you're not really? surprised about that. Um, <laughs> on this day in 1902, Joe Gans, one of the greatest fighters ever, knocks out, and I love the nickname of this guy, Knocks out George Elbows McFadden oh. in the third yes, round. Yeah, Elbows McFadden. Yeah. I knew
0: him from uh,
1: the from old school, days, right? You knew you knew McFadden. him from high school, right? Then you go to high school with him. Yeah, this fight <laughs> took place in 1902. Yeah, uh, Elbows McFadden <laughs> in the third round. Gans knocks him out to retain his world lightweight title, uh, and that took place in San Francisco, California. And finally, <laughs> on this day, <laughs> you're a funny guy. On, on this thing. day. June uh, 27th in 1914, one of my favorite all-time great fighters, favorite fighters, and one of the best fighters ever to lace on a pair of gloves. Jack Johnson wins a 20-round decision over Frank Moran to retain the world heavyweight title, and that took place on this day, June 27th in 1914 in Paris, France. The fight took place in France on this day. And uh I loved uh Jack Johnson. I wish uh, I wish I could go back in time uh to watch one of his fights, Sal, but uh uh I guess I can't. So uh um I'm gonna take it like it is, you know. But I it must have been it must have been very exciting for you to see him ringside. that's all I'm saying, you know. I'm telling you. You should have seen this massive guy, what yeah. he used to do, destroy oh, his could, opponents. I could imagine. I could imagine. I I wish uh I wish I could uh I wish I could have been there with you. But uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You hey, know what?
0: The only thing we can do is just that. Imagine.
1: Hey, listen. Uh, you guys, uh, make sure uh, uh, you tune in. Uh, we're going to have a busy show schedule for tomorrow. we got our Blast from the Past, which is going to feature uh, James Braddock, the Cinderella man. we also scheduled to have my man Larry Hazard on. Uh, we'll get uh, his thoughts on a bunch of things. And then uh, we'll be uh, talking more boxing. Don't forget, if you take the time... To send us an email, I'll take the time to read it uh, on air. So just uh, send it to Billy at Talking Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. And jot down how you're watching or listening to our show. We're curious uh, to find out uh, where everybody is because uh, we're all over the place now, and uh, it's nice to uh, hear where you're from. But uh, I will tell you this. Make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, ciao, baby. <laughs>